Welcome to Coffee and Real Talk for Writers, where we get real about the writing life. Writing might be a solitary activity, but becoming a successful author is anything but. So grab a cuppa, pull up a chair, and let's talk. Hello and welcome. I'm Talina Winters, host of Coffee and Real Talk for Writers, the podcast where we get real about the writing life. One of my favorite things about the author community especially the indie author community, is that it is just that, a community. While I know there are exceptions to this, in general, authors are generous, supportive, and happy to share their knowledge with others to help them along. I have certainly been the recipient of such generosity from the moment I decided I wanted to learn to write fiction. I typed how to write fiction into my search engine and immediately found a course that would teach me how to do that in Holly Lyle's How to Think Sideways. Thanks to the online forum Holly had built, I also got my first taste of what the author community was like. Since I'm still here, you know how that turned out. Other mentors and communities would follow. I published my first book, an inspirational clean romance novella I'd written as practice while taking Holly's course, in 2015. Five years after I wrote it, by the way. Real talk. I didn't grow up wanting to be a writer and didn't even know if I wanted this career even when I published that book. More about that in a bit. Last month, I published my third full-length novel, which joined a cast of two novelettes and two novellas in three different genres. Yep, I'm a multi-genre author, and I won't apologize for it. In 2018, I was interviewed for the Just Joshing podcast, hosted by Joshua Pantelaresco and I'd never even listened to a podcast before. Soon after that, though, I got the bug, starting with Stark Reflections by Mark Leslie Lefebvre and The Creative Pen by Joanna Penn, followed by many more. By 2019, audio had become my primary way of consuming short form and nonfiction content. And by 2020, it was my primary way of consuming all content, including fiction and nonfiction books. I'm now a little addicted to podcasts. Last weekend, I changed to a new podcast app, adding podcasts as I went. By the time I was done, I had subscribed to 82 podcasts, most of which are still active. Not all of them are writing podcasts, but a lot of them are. Yeah, this week has been a little overwhelming, and I um, am going to be weeding some of those out as as time goes on but they all just looked so interesting. (laughs) There are so many great podcasts out there that teach you how to be a better writer and book marketer. So why did I decide to start my own? Several reasons. First of all, I'm a communicator and storyteller who processes things by writing or speaking. And this year, for the first time, I've struggled with getting the words out. I have blogged since 2006. It was because of comments on my blog that I should write a book, and I always heard novel, that I got the idea that I could be a writer in the first place. I'd grown up wanting to be a professional songwriter, and by that point, in 2006, I had a nearly complete musical theater script and a songbook under my belt, co-written with one of my BFFs for life, Candace Marshall. But I got married at 22, started having kids at 25, and by the time my kids were old enough for me to consider picking up my career again, my dreams had changed. But I'm getting ahead of myself. 
I started blogging when my third son was only three months old. Our family had just moved to a new community in northern Alberta, Canada, far away from our friends and family further south. Eventually, by the way, my mom and her husband moved here too. That becomes important later. I had three little boys, three and under, and no friends where I lived. One of my friends shared a blog post with me she'd written, and I loved it so much that five minutes later, I'd started my own blog. And I didn't just start it. Logging became an obsession for me. I even had t-shirts made for my children to pimp my blog for me. Yes, I was that obsessed. Blogging, scrapbooking, and knitting were my main creative outlets when my kids were small. They kept me sane. If I go for long periods of time without creating something, I get rather cranky. I now feel that way about writing, but I used to be less specific. I love learning things, and I tried a lot of different artsy things before I finally started narrowing my focus. As we'll likely talk about on this podcast, none of those skills were wasted, and I now apply many of them to my writing business. 2020 was a pivotal year for me. I had been editing professionally for two years by that point, and I don't know if it was related to the pandemic, but in March of 2020, I got enough queries to fill up my calendar for the rest of the year. It was the first time I'd been booked that far in advance. At the time, I was also teaching piano part-time and working as the lead writer for a quarterly regional magazine, in addition to working on the second book in my young adult epic historical fantasy series. I tried to plan my year well, but as is often my problem, I underestimated how long everything would take. I also underestimated the effect the pandemic would have on my mental health. We'd lost our fourth son rather traumatically in 2015, and having survived that trauma, I didn't expect the pandemic to trigger as much stress for me as it did. Oh, sweet, naive, younger me. (laughs) In addition to my already full schedule, my mom got diagnosed with a rare form of abdominal cancer in September of 2020. I got the call that she'd gone to the hospital five minutes after dropping my oldest son off for his first year of college on an island off of British Columbia. Oh, and did I mention we've been trying to buy a house since the week after the Western world first went into lockdown? The deal finally went through in... October. We were moving a house onto our existing property, and we'd hoped to have it all done during the summer. You know, when it's warm? Nope. It came in two pieces, and the second piece was moved during the first real snowstorm of the year at the end of October. And then, I got increasing responsibilities at the magazine. Which was a blessing, and not. Needless to say, my mental health was going down the toilet. I remember having a clue sometime in November that my two weeks a month of being on the verge of tears might have something to do with menopause. I'm too young for that, I thought, but I knew that some symptoms can start up to 10 years early. I didn't know much about menopause, but I knew that much. So I googled it and, yep, it looked like I was well along in perimenopause. Hey, I warned you right in the title, we're getting real here. Fortunately, I'd at least quit teaching piano by that point, thanks to pandemic restrictions I couldn't acquiesce to in my previous house, which was very small. My editing schedule was too full to allow for teaching anyway, but I was working over 60 hours a week, and once the house had been moved, 
I was working on painting all weekend long. In between all of that, I was occasionally accompanying my mom to Edmonton for treatments that we hoped would prevent her from having a very invasive surgery and trying to not worry about the possible outcomes for her. By the way, my community is over five hours of driving to get to Edmonton, which is the closest big city to us. Oh, and there was a pandemic. So my two younger sons were home from school at least as often as they were in school that year. I had booked two weeks off at the end of December, but I spent the entire two weeks painting our house. Don't worry, those of you who wonder what my husband was doing while I was doing all that painting, he was at least as busy on the house project as I was, except for he got to do the outside in freezing cold weather type of jobs. Oh, and he was also super stressed at work. It was a great year. By January 2021, I was D-O-N-E, done. Sons two and three were home for an extra week at the beginning of January on school lockdown. And my third son commented to me that he was worried about my mental health. Yeah. Later that day, I called my husband from the bathroom where I was hiding so he wouldn't see me bawling my eyes out. He being my third son who was doing school at the table. Anyway, later that day, I called my husband from the bathroom where I was hiding so my third son wouldn't see me bawling my eyes out to tell my husband that I thought I was losing my mind. Yeah, that's what burnout looked like for me. I've never been so overwhelmed in my life. Fortunately, I had booked an appointment with a naturopathic clinic my mom was seeing to help me deal with the exaggerated menopause symptoms and get back in balance physically. And that appointment was only a few days away at that point. But I knew getting on supplements wouldn't fix the things that had gotten me to the point of burning out. So I took a hard look at my schedule and started cutting. I quit my job with the magazine where I had worked for four years. They had just made me managing editor, but no matter how much I might enjoy the work, it was one of my biggest sources of stress, and I couldn't handle any extra stress, so out it went. I had a few smaller freelance writing contracts that I finished up and dropped over the next month or two. I revamped my editing schedule so projects would be stretched over more time, allowing me to reduce my work week to about 48 to 50 hours. A very doable pace for me, and compared to the recent 70 to 80 hour weeks I'd been experiencing, it seemed like vacation. But writing those emails to my clients explaining the situation and asking if they still wanted me to work on their projects was maybe the hardest part of this entire process. I hate not fulfilling things I said I was going to do when I said I would do it. I signed up for Becca Symes' Write Better Faster 101 course for March and started consuming as much of her content as I could in the meantime. She has an excellent series on burnout on her YouTube podcast, which is called The Quitcast, if you want to check it out. And I will put links for all these resources I'm mentioning in the show notes. I also highly recommend... Uh, the Write Better Faster course, and all of her Dear Writer books. We had moved into our house at the beginning of January, and I gave myself permission to only worry about future settling-in projects on weekends when I felt I actually had energy to tackle them. There were lots of weekends when I had none, so none got done. It's now December 2021, 
and I intend to finish painting my living room over this Christmas break. That's it though, just one room, and then the house is done. Yay! In March, inspired by how much I enjoyed the community in Becca's course, and realizing how much I'd missed that since I'd stopped teaching piano and stopped interviewing people for the magazine and for my other writing projects or clients, I should say, I started a small mastermind with several other writer editors, which was one of the best things I did this year. If you are not involved in a small community of like-minded authors, you need to start one. You will never regret it. Which brings me to why I'm starting this podcast. In November of this year, I published a massive epic fantasy manuscript I've been working on since May of 2019, that second novel I was referring to. But while writing through Burnout to finish that project was tough, I had almost no writing energy left for anything else this year including my beloved blog. And my love of audio, in the meantime, kept growing. Go back and see those 82 podcasts I'm now subscribed to. (laughs) I also got a lot out of the sections of my favorite podcasts where the host or hosts would share what they had been doing in their writing business that week. It was basically like a miniature blog update in audio form, and they often share tidbits that don't normally come up in an interview, which I could then apply to my own business. Even though I often listened to the interviews that followed, I'd sometimes start listening just to hear the comforting comforting voice of a podcaster whose business I'd become invested in and whose judgment I trusted. That personal update was the kind of podcast I could see myself doing. Because although there are a ton of teaching podcasts out there, no one else has made the exact same mistakes I have. And they also don't run their business the exact way I do. I try a lot of things, which means there are a lot of things that don't work out, but some that do. And I love teaching and helping others along. And to be honest, in the indie author community, there does not seem to be enough voices of successful authors or authors running a successful business who write and publish books more slowly, like I do. Um, Many people write very quickly, and it's hard to find people whom you can model when you are not a fast writer. So if you're one of those who doesn't write a book a month or when people say that they only write three books a year, you go, I wish I wrote three books a year. This is your place. You are welcome here. And I hope you feel comfortable. There are more reasons for me to start this podcast. The biggest one might be that in my remote location, The pandemic and my reduced energy after burnout have limited my options to give back to the community, which is something I miss. So in this podcast, I'm going to share with you my writing trials and triumphs. I'll get real about what I've tried, what's worked, and what doesn't. I'll also share how the decisions I've made have affected my success or failure so far, and my perspective on advice offered by other authors in the community. I may even have some of those authors on the show to share that advice themselves. In fact, I can guarantee it. I look forward to having you with me on this journey, friend. The kettle is always on in my house, and despite the title, I actually drink coffee, tea, and hot chocolate on a daily basis, uh, despite what my naturopath would prefer. So whatever your preferred poison, we have that. Also, water. Water is good, too. We drink a lot of that here. Oh, and in case you're wondering, 
My hormones have balanced out a great deal, as have the stresses in my life. My mom had surgery this September, and she's recovering well, which I'm so grateful for. I know life always has more surprises waiting just around the corner, but for now at least, the rest from excess stress has let me heal a great deal. And then, one day, not so long ago, I thought, I think I'll start a podcast. And I did. So grab a cuppa and let's get real. I would just like to add an end note here to say that I want to um, thank Leslie Penelope, whom I recently heard interviewed on a podcast. And I can't remember which one because I listen to way too many podcasts. I will look it up though, and I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put that interview in the show notes. Anyways, Leslie, uh, she actually runs a very similar podcast called My Imaginary Friends, and I do recommend you go check it out because it's quite good. It's one of those ones that I recently subscribed to, and I'm listening to a few of her back episodes when I have time, but uh, the few episodes that I have listened to have been really great. So yes, please go check out her podcast, My Imaginary Friends. Thank you so much, friend. I'm so glad you listened today. I hope you have a wonderful week. Um, and we, I'll be starting season one in the new year. So please come back and check it out. Happy holidays. Bye. Thank you for listening to Coffee and Real Talk for Writers. You can find episode show notes, leave a comment, subscribe, or if you're feeling generous, buy me a coffee at talinawinters.com slash podcast. And be sure to leave a review on the podcatcher of your choice. Tell your friends to come by too. The kettle's always on. So until next time, I hope you keep writing and keep it real. Thanks for listening. Bye.